Welcome back to Off the Bench. It's episode six. Finally back after a couple weeks of a break. Um, and once again, I'm joined by Jesus and Andy. How are you guys doing today? Pretty good, pretty good. Got my hair cut yesterday, if you can't notice. Feel feel pretty good about it. And ready to talk about some basketball. Yeah. Yeah, excited to talk about basketball after a week's gap for me. We got a little bit to talk about. It's been a little bit in the news. I don't know if you guys have been paying attention. We got more to talk about with James Harden than we have in a couple months after he comes out and says a few things. Reported by Shams, goes to China, comments about Daryl Morey. Daryl Morey fires back. Uh, but it's getting spicy. It's hard to ignore that. Originally, the trade talks between Philly and L.A., they fell through because the Clippers refused to add Terrence and Mann into the offers, which to me, like, even that doesn't do a lot for Philly. But if you want something out of it, I understand it. And then James's agent says that he expects MVP production from James Harden this year due to the hunger that he's portrayed to his agent, whether that's through workouts or whether that's through conversation, who knows. To me, that's typical agent talk. Um, And then after that, it was reported that the Sixers were not going to trade Harden and that he would report to camp, whether that being what the team expected or what Harden said. Either way, um, that was the report. And then it's like a day later, and it comes out that the relationship between Harden and management is irreparable and that he will not report to camp and is demanding a trade, doubling down. He then goes to China and says that Daryl Morey is a liar and he will never be a part of an organization that he is a part of. All right, and that's where we stand right now. Harden claims to be doing a little bit. He's going to be doing a little bit more to make the Sixers uncomfortable. Um, but for the moment, we're at a standstill. So, Berman, I wanted to hear your thoughts on what Philly should do and what you think Philly will do to resolve this situation. What Philly should do is not listen to James Harden and because – and hope that the NBA contract is a sacred document and people who sign the contract should fulfill that contract and play normally and not get out of proportion size-wise and start to miss practices and have events in China that have no relation to basketball activities. Um, but So that's what they should do is hope that the NBA contract still holds. But... Um, on Harden's side, I just wanted to see that I kind of get where he's coming from. It's because we know that Maury kind of promised him last year when he took the pay cut and got the two-year deal with the player option, with the team option. Was it the team option or player option? Well, it was a two plus one. So it was a two-year and then it was the player option on the last year. Yeah, player option. He kind of thought that he was getting a con- like a bigger four-year or three-year deal a bigger contract, but he never got it because it was a handshake deal. So handshake deal, I don't know if you want to believe in that or not, but at the end of the day, he didn't really sign something in paper like the contract he has signed, which the option has been opted him by him. So I think Harden, I get where he's coming from, but what can you do? If the Clippers are not offering turns, man, then there's no other places that he can go where the Sixers are basically not giving him away for free. So I don't know what Harden can do except just accept the situation and grind it out another year with the Philly, Philly he can, he, Sixers. He can bring up the fat suit. What do you think he should – do you think the Sixers should bring him back, Jesus? Do you think they should trade him? 
I'd say take the loss on him and just trade him. No point in trying to keep him if you don't want to stay there. I think I'm going to probably agree with you a little bit. I think at this point, and Harden, Harden has a history of getting his way. Like we saw it in Brooklyn. There was a little bit of a rumbling, and then eventually they traded him for Simmons. Same thing in Houston. You know, he brought up the fat suit or whatever, whether he did that in Brooklyn too. I can't remember. But he's gotten <laughs> his way both times. And this It doesn't remind me totally of the Jimmy Butler situation. But if they're just going to let him walk next year because he's going to leave in free agency and try to make money elsewhere, I, I don't know why they wouldn't try to trade and capitalize on this moment right now in the offseason. Um, now, does that mean you send him to L.A. for a bunch of garbage? No, but if I was Philly, I'd make it a point to be a little bit more aggressive in trade talks, you know, whether it's bringing in two teams, three teams. Um, you got to do something because – to me, it, it reminds me a lot of how, you know, Jimmy Butler was Embiid's number two guy back in 2019. You know, Simmons was under contract. Jimmy Butler, they let him walk in free agency. And since then, you know, it's kind of like, well, what if you kept him? Well, now it's the opposite. I, I don't think Harden's going to ever return, you know, to this all-star caliber player where, okay. you know, he's going to be the main difference maker in the playoffs. Now, granted, he won him a couple games in the Boston series. You got to give him credit for that. But I, I just don't think it's worth the hassle that they're putting him that he's putting them through at the moment. Um, and you, like I said before on this pod, you have to get this right because if you don't, Embiid that relationship between management and Embiid, it, the line is already thin. So you know, I, I think you need to trade him and get either draft compensation that you could then flip for some contenders next year. Uh, but, but you got to do something in my eyes. Um, any final thoughts, Berman? Yeah. Um... I'll add a little to that. So it just, I think, I think why they're not trading him is first of all, I don't think they're getting the partners. Like, because I mean, nobody wants a James Harden who's always trying to get out and never commit to a situation. Every two years, he's trying to jump ship. So which team would want that? Unless you're like a contender doesn't want that. Like the Clippers don't want him. And, I don't know, maybe the Houston Rockets or somebody, but I, now they've, they've filled up all the cap space. So I don't know, unless you're a team that's tanking, I don't think anybody else wants Harden at that contract too, the 36 point something million. And um, secondly, um, so aside, besides the fact that nobody probably wants him, it's just, I don't, I don't think Harden, they can do better than Harden. Like what can they get? that's better than James Harden last year. Like, he almost, a couple things go the other way. He could have won them. Like, they could have gone to the finals instead of the Celtics. So, I don't know. I feel like what better option can they get James Harden that makes them better this year? I don't see anyone, anybody else that does that. Yeah, my one thing with this whole situation with Harden is I thought from the jump, the only way a deal gets done there is if, you know, Philly is brought in as the Dame suitor, and they get a third team in L.A., and you send Dame to Philly, Harden to L.A., and you get the right pieces over to Portland. Like, you got to find a way. Like, it, it would probably require, you know, Philly get, giving giving up Maxi or L.A. giving up Man, two things that neither side of what has wanted to do. But, you know, if for Philly, on their side of it, if this means, you know, you're going to land Dame, and he's under contract for a while. He's still a really good all-star type caliber player. That's an upgrade for Embiid. Now, you're going to have to figure out what else you get in that deal to make it worth it. You know, whether it's a couple picks from 
L.A., you know, I don't know. And that's not something that I thought about a ton, but I knew that that's probably how they're going to be able to get rid of Harden via trade. Um, but Philly, I think they need to be able to let go of their pride a little bit. Maury's got to let go of his pride. Um, maybe start looking into dealing Maxi because, you know, Maxi's kind of getting to that point. I mean, his ceiling is still, it's still pretty high, but I think for the most part, you know, we've seen the type of player he's going to be able to be. I don't know if we're ever going to see him take that, you know, really strong number two option lead. I don't know. We'll see. Yeah. Um, another thing that – or what? Go ahead. I sure believe it that he's going to take the jump. Well, that's the thing. Like, they, they seem to think that, you know, there's no situation where they want to trade him, which just confuses me a little bit because, you know, he's still young. Not super young, but he's young enough that he, they get to the playoffs and maybe he gives you a 30-game – you know, 30-point night, one game a series, right? But he's not coming out and doing that regularly for Embiid and, you know, the rest of the supporting cast. So it doesn't doesn't make sense to me that they're, like, guarding him with their life and acting like he's, like, this extremely, extremely valuable asset. You think it's planning in case, like, worst-case scenario, Harden leaves next year, Embiid leaves next year, or is it whatever year his contract ends because he doesn't like it here? They got nobody if they trade away Maxi. So, well, they're taking a gamble. Like that may be what this is. They're really, really, really hoping that Harden will stick around. Um, and they didn't extend Maxi this summer, like we talked about. Next year, they're gonna have a lot of decisions to make, and they're gonna have to like have the perfect summer if this continues to go the way it's going. Yeah, we'll see. I, I just think that's a bad thing to bet on personally when you have a guy like Embiid. Um, but I also want to talk about the Josh Hart extension. That's another transaction that kind of happened while we took this couple-week hiatus. He signed a four-year, $81 million extension um, that will, I believe, come into effect this year. Maybe next year. I could be wrong. Um, but I, I really like it, personally. I think when he came to New York, you know, you saw a little bit more toughness and grit in the team. And you didn't really have a guy before that that was doing all the little things. Um, and obviously, we really didn't get to see a true, like, test of the impact he had because he came, like, the same time Brunson did. Like, before the deadline, they were still pretty good, all right? But, I mean, you talk about rebounding and defending. Um, he gets timely buckets for them. He does a lot of the things that, when you look at the playoffs, I like to compare him to Derek White for the Celtics. A little less scoring volume, but he does a lot of the little things that really, you know, they help you win. And I, I, I like this extension a lot. I don't know what you guys think. Yeah, um, I don't have a lot to say, but yeah, I think the Villanova connection with um, Brunson is something to talk about. I think they really mesh well together, especially in the playoffs. They were pretty good before that. So I like that. And um, I don't think $81 million, like twenty year, $20 million a year, that's not – you're not overpaying for Josh Hart. So. No, and the way the cap keeps increases, that's going to be nothing. That might end up being a really good contract in a couple of years to have him on. Yeah, because it's flat, I think, 20 years. So, yeah, it's pretty good. Um, I liked his rebounding a lot last year, so I feel like that's a nice addition to the Knicks uh, repertoire. But I, I just, like, aside from the Josh Hart thing, what do you think, like, the Knicks are going to do now? Like, are they just content with this Brunson, Josh Hart, team that they have or they want to go and chase for the bigger star like Embiid or somebody else well that's I mean that's what I was about to ask Jesus but that's that's something I thought about when I saw it 
Um, because a contract like that, I mean, it's certainly a commitment. And you look at the team they have, it's certainly not up to par with the Bucks and the Celtics and yeah. the Heat and the Sixers. Maybe, you know, you could have a conversation about Philly. I'm willing to go there. But uh, it brings up questions about what they're going to do, you know, to change this team into a title contender, which you certainly want to do with Brunson, you know, starting to get closer to his prime years. Um, I think what it's going to end up being is, you know, Randall being moved at some point. And honestly, I thought this summer was the perfect time for them to upgrade at center. You you saw Mitchell Robinson do well in the first round. Um, and then that Heat series, like, bam, out of bio. I mean, that was the, the matchup that kind of ate them up a little bit. Uh, certainly, Jimmy played amazing. And Gabe Vincent, Max Drews, all those guys played well. But I really thought that, you know, if they had a little bit of a better center, that they would have been right there with, you know, Miami in like a seven-game tight series because I just don't think Mitchell Robinson is going to get you where you need to go. Um, Jesus, who do you think, if they move on from Robinson, who do you see being a potential, you know, target for them in the front court to replace him? Really? You think Robinson would go out? For me personally, I was – I don't know. I feel like he's still – he can still get better. I know at one point he was complaining because I don't really think the offense runs too much through him is the thing. So Well, he's a very like, bad volume scorer. True, but I don't think he's given the chance, but I could be wrong at that point. I feel like he's solid defensive-wise, but I'm definitely thinking about the first round compared to the second round, so I don't know. But I don't know. I feel like, I feel like you were going to say Randall should uh, be Yeah, moved. that's – that's the one thing I said. Like, I do think Randall will end up, you know, they'll either let him walk in free agency or they'll trade him. Because I, I think, you know, they're going to want to target somebody in free agency, you know, whether that be Embiid, Giannis at some point. Uh, certainly if those guys become available in free agency, you know, they're going to want to make that leap. And New York's a great spot to attract that talent. But, you know, that's not going to happen with Randall there. And the heart extension makes me think, you know, they're committing to heart. They're committing to Jalen Brunson. They're leaving the door open with Julius Randle. But if they were to run it back with Randle, I did think it was necessary for them to go out and get a center like, you know, Carl Anthony Towns, you know, make a move for Jonas Valanciunas or Clint Capella, a guy of that capella, uh, caliber. What do you think about that? Jonas would be perfect. I didn't even think about that. You like Valanciunas? I like that. Mm-hmm. I really like that. I'm going to actually just run it back. See how this new squad does. Yeah, I mean, if not, it does look like that's what they're going to do at this point. But um, may, maybe sure Randall has a breakout goes. season. You never know. To me, that was about as close of a breakout season I could see him getting. I mean, <laughs> he was all second all team NBA. If he was, I can't remember. Was he? Was he a second all team NBA? I don't. I can check real Certainly quick, but I don't third. think he was. Man, he was right up there at the voting. Um, he he played well, and then in the playoffs, you know, it fell apart a little bit for him. Uh, was it the Cleveland series that he got benched, or was it the Miami series? Did you, you I remember? think it was – wasn't he coming off an injury, an ankle injury? I think it was that Miami. Miami, that sounds right. Yeah, that, it's kind of a mess because he's got a little bit of a character, you know, a little bit of a character problem, so. I don't think I don't he does get mad pretty easily. He wasn't all NBA. Oh no, he he was all yeah. He was second team. Second. That's yeah. what I figured. Yeah, I mean he had a, he had a really good season, uh, and he killed the Celtics a few times. And I watched him play, so 
Um, yeah. Certainly, it's it looks like they're going to run really it back, good. but I don't know. We will see what they do in the future. They're always a hot spot for for big free agents. Um, the other another player who is eligible now for a contract extension actually happened earlier this week. Spencer Dinwiddie. He's eligible for a four-year, $128 million extension. Um, I'm going to defer to you, Andy. I want to hear your thoughts about this. Um, I don't know. I don't really have – I think he's – I think he's past his prime is what I think. Last year, they were not really – once the, all the trades happened to get everybody out, um, Durant and er, Kyrie Irving, I think he kind of assumed like the point guard, like the – main guy on the team role but that in my mind that's supposed to be bridges not him and he was on the ball too much trying to take over a lot which kind of hampered them towards the end of the season which is why they dropped a lot in the seating i don't know if they want him as kind of like a veteran presence i'd say he'd be good signing but the money doesn't really make sense to me like it's 120 million for four years that's he didn't play good enough for that that much money in my opinion no, and I think you hit it right on the head with how much he's on the ball on a team that has two really good young wings, uh, really two really good two-way young wings, um, and they've got they've got depth at guard. They just went out and they got Lonnie Walker this offseason. They still have Cam Thomas, who I know a lot of Net fans are really excited about, and they still have Ben Simmons. And we'll see what Ben Simmons does this year. You know, he gets his annual offseason hype, but I, I think you know for a thirty-year-old to be making that much on a team with so many young assets. Um, you know, their time isn't now. So, like I said, the sense of urgency there, it's not going to be super high. Uh, but when they start, you know, to get up to the caliber of where, you know, Mikhail Bridges is a perennial, perennial all-star, all-NBA player, you don't want to have Spencer Dinwiddie on, what is it, a 31-something dollar contract, $32 million contract. That's not what you want. I mean, that's just going to drive a, a wedge between, you know, who you're able to sign as a free agent at that point. And that'd be detrimental to Brooklyn, in my opinion. Jesus, any thoughts? I say he takes a pay cut and stops shooting threes. He's a pretty good passer, but that man cannot shoot threes for sure. <laughs> what kind of pay cut would you like to see? Like, what kind of contract value would you like to get them on? That's a tough question. Four years. How 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 big do you think? a pay cut could be just like what 10 million or how, how well, long I mean, do you, you think take a look fun? you take a look at what he's making right now he's currently making about 20 million try to so get over four to... years over four years that'd be like about what josh hart got this is going to be close to 10 million dollars higher this is gonna be like 30 32 a year try to get him like 25 a year if anything that sounds about right. I think the twenty four twenty five range would be would be solid. I don't like the four years part of it, to be honest, for a thirty year old. And that's what he's nice. gonna want being thirty years old, but I'd go to him like a two plus one. Two years, yeah, definitely. Like a team option on the last year as well. That's what I would do. Um Yeah, I, I, something about him, he just he was part of that trade, but at the same time, like just just not a great fit there in my opinion. And that's something they're going to have to face over the next couple of years as well. The last guy we have to talk about here, and this may be some of the you know most juicy pieces of information here on this podcast episode, so tune in closely for this part. Pascal Siakam, <laughs> the trade talks between Atlanta and Toronto have really started to heat up. 
the uh, the main pieces being from from Atlanta's side would be DeAndre Hunter and AJ Griffin, which on the surface, my first thought was, wow, you know, Atlanta's going to be able to keep uh, Anyeko Kongwu and they're going to be able to keep uh, Bogdan Bogdanovich. I think those are two great pieces that if they if they trade for Siakam and they get to keep them, like that's going to be a really dangerous team. Um, but I want to hear your thoughts on this, Berman. It came out from Shams the other day that Pascal never requested to be traded. Like he wants to be in Toronto. See, that's where I don't know why he maybe he likes it. I don't think he's I don't think he's an American, so maybe he doesn't really want to be in America. He's fine with being in Canada, but um, I don't know. I just feel like. That current roster is not going anywhere that the Raptors have. I don't think they're going to win championships with that roster. And from what I saw is that the money he'll make if he signs the max contract with the Raptors is Jalen Brown money. So, I don't know. Yeah, it is. Exactly. I think it's pretty close to what Jalen Brown is going to make. Well, you gotta, you gotta, you got to remember there will be like salary cap increases by the time he becomes eligible. So, it won't be like – it won't be as much of the cap – but at the same time, it's like, wow, they're making the same amount of money, essentially. Yeah, $60 million a year for Pascal Siakam when he's 34. That's... He's 34? Know. Or when he's 34? He's 29 so. this year, but he's going right. to... Okay, yeah. At the end of the contract, if he signs it next year, he's going to be 34, 35 for $68 million. And he's not even Dame Lillard good who, who's getting that money. So, I don't know. It, I guess the Hawks want to go with like a three-star approach with um, with Trey Young and Murray and Siakam, which might make sense because they were not that bad in the playoffs last year. But I don't know. I don't think the Raptors. I think the Raptors would be good to cash out with the trade. I, I think so as well. Yeah. Um, I don't know if he's going to resign there. I mean, certainly the money, that extension part of it would be an attractive sign for Toronto. But uh, when, when I saw that extension eligible tweet, it started making me think, you know, one of the reasons you don't want to trade for a star like that is because it's like a rental and then he may not re-sign with you. But if mm-hmm. you're able to give him a big deal um, right when he's eligible, you know, maybe it becomes a little bit more attractive to go out and trade for a guy like that. I've, I've been comparing this, you know, to the Kawhi Leonard trade that Toronto made a while back where, you know, even though they won a championship and they could offer him some money, he still didn't take it and he went to L.A., so it wouldn't completely shock me if you know a team trades for him and Pascal doesn't get his way to stay in Toronto. Even if Atlanta does well, maybe he doesn't pre-sign in Atlanta. Wants to go be the guy somewhere. So it's a little bit of a something you got to be weary about as a team trading for a player of that caliber. Jesus, um, what would your thoughts be on Atlanta if they do complete this trade? Where would you have them in the East? Right there by the Celtics. By the Celtics. Man. Conference right favorites. That's bold. Right there by the Celtics, pretty much. Second best team. I completely disagree with you, actually. I don't completely Second best disagree team. with you. It'd be a seven-game series right there if that trade happened. Easily. It was a six-game series with the last iteration of the team, so. Well, we haven't, seen, we haven't seen the impact KP will make, which... You know, KP sitting out the, the FIBA World Cup, certainly going to make Boston fans smile as he takes time to recover. But it, I, I think the East, there's a lot of 
there's a lot of volatility for what could happen at the top uh, because we've seen Miami do horrible in the regular season. We've seen Philly collapse in the playoffs. We've seen Milwaukee at this point collapse in the playoffs. So, you know, I wouldn't rule out, like you said, Atlanta being number two seed-wise. Once we get to the playoffs, maybe it's a different story. I don't know. Um, As a Celtics fan, I'm hoping we don't have to worry about that because Toronto (laughs) right now is pretty easy pickings. And uh, Atlanta, I mean, Atlanta still has to take another step. I don't believe they did anything this offseason to really make me take them any serious, any more seriously other than Trey Young getting another year under his belt, really. Um, who has become massively over underrated at this point, by the way. He's getting a lot of hate um, for speaking out about not being on Team USA. So the Hawks, the Hawks are definitely a force to be reckoned with. Before we go, I'd like to cover the FIBA World Cup a little bit. Team USA has been, you know, making some noise, beating up on Slovenia. They beat up on Greece today. I think they won by like 24, 22 today, 22. Is that who you have? I want to ask you guys, you know, who stood out to you so far in the games they've played? Austin Reese has been balling for sure. That's your guy, so you're glad to see that. Berman, what about you? Um, It's Halliburton for me. He might have not had the points. You'd want him to have, but he's got the assists, which might look like the points because they're always in double digits every game. That's true. Been- and he had a nice pass today. Yeah. What'd you say? He had a nice pass today. Oh, he. I mean, that's a given. He's he's the best. Well, did you see the, the clip? Did you see the clip of it? No, no, I didn't. It was he was in the corner. He caught a pass and he double pump faked. He went at. He drove to his right, and he did like a little ball extension fake, acted like he was going to go up for a dunk, and he just dished it down to somebody on the on the square. I can see a lot of David Obi Toppin happening next year. <laughs> Obi Toppin, yeah, we'll see what happens there. For me, I, I really like to see uh, Anthony Edwards starting to take a leap as, I mean, he's been their best player, I think. You know, Brunson and Jaron Jackson obviously are the leaders, but Anthony Edwards, who has expressed his disinterest in being a leader, I think he's been, you know, their best and most consistent player. But I also, I, I do agree with you, uh, Jesus. Austin Reeves has has certainly taken a step scoring-wise as well. And he's coming off the bench, so that's impressive. Yeah, um, I, lo- I think I agree with you, Kevin, with the Anthony Edwards. Uh, I think he's going to, like, really show out this tournament and kind of be the leader. I think he kind of reverse psychologies it. He kind of acts like he he's cool and he doesn't want to lead, but in – like the way he plays, you know he wants to lead from, play pretty well and lead from the front. Yeah, he's a, he's an interesting personality. Obviously, everybody loves Ant. Uh, if there's one team, give me one team, not named the U.S., that you would pick to give the U.S. some trouble. Um, is Luca playing for Slovenia? Yeah, it, did, it did sound like Luca was going to be back. If it is, then I'd say Slovenia just because – Luka can pretty much have four random guys and still put up a pretty good... Not against the USA, I'm not saying that, but against other teams like South Sudan or Iran. I don't know they're, if they're good enough to play against a Slovenia team with Luka. But Canada also, with Edie on there, he's not going to see much minutes, but I feel like Canada is a pretty strong team, in my opinion. Between the two, who would you take? Um, I'd take Canada, actually. Gotta support the Purdue players. That's fair. Is there any team that you would take to stack up against Team USA at this moment? Forgot who it was. What team? I think it was 
read an article. Isn't Spain really good? Like they can shoot. Spain's all right. They don't have Ricky Rubio with them right now, but um, Spain definitely has a Man. formidable squad. I I think I was going to pick up Spain. Not going to lie. I like the pick. I kind of like the pick. Berman, can you guess who mine is? Take a guess. Uh, Greece. France. No, yeah. mine is actually Australia. Oh, I think the Aussies could make some noise. They got Giddy and they've got Matisse Dibel. And I think they have Patty Mills as well. Yeah, and Ben Simmons on the sidelines. He's going to be there. <laughs> waving his flag. <laughs> yeah, the Aussies. If I, if I wasn't going to go with the Aussies, I think I, I think I like Germany as well. Schroeder and the two Wagner brothers. Uh, oh, yeah. They look pretty good against Canada. Yeah. yeah, he cooked Dylan Brooks. See that? That made you smile a little bit, didn't it? <laughs> <laughs> that was so funny. <laughs> All right, boys. Any final thoughts before we get out of here? Eh, not for me. All right. Nope, if not, pretty good talk. That's wraps on episode six, and we will try to be back to you one more time before the month turns to September. Um, as we all transition back to school here in a week or so. Um, But that's all we got for you tonight. Thanks for tuning in, and we will see you next time.